Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at My Emmanuel Church. We hope you enjoy this message. family, be with them, God, whatever the situation might be, be with them today, God, and just speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, amen, amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be here today. That's not what I was going to say. Thank you for being here today. Go ahead and take a seat. Thank you for joining us. We are here uh, in the last week of our series, of our shutdown series, um, week four. Uh, if you've missed out, I encourage you to go back and listen to our, our sermons. They're on YouTube. If you want to watch, if you just want to listen, uh, you can go to the website, myemanualchurch.com slash listen, listen, myemanualchurch.com slash listen, or you can find us on podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, and on Spotify too. So I really do encourage you. I want you to hear I feel like this is such an important message, uh, such an important series to start off our year. And if you have missed out, I'll just give you a quick rundown as we close out the series today. That we have been talking about uh, seeking God above all else. Seeking God above all else. About how we can get past the distractions in our life. Uh, what kind of noise there is so that we can learn to identify it and move forward and to be able to cancel that out in our lives, to silence it in our lives, and how we can do that practically when it comes to prayer and in fasting. And that's a quick uh, overview of what you've missed out and uh, missed out on if you haven't heard everything. But this week, the title of my message is Living It Out. Living It Out. And it's really important because all of what I've said so far is pointless unless we actually do something about it. It's all pointless unless we actually do something about it. Um, there is a container in my garage, and I was just thinking about this the other day. There's a container in my garage that I have that is full of notes, papers, and various other stuff that I've saved from my time in Bible college or at Bible school. And I put them there with the intention that someday I might go back over them and think, man, how dumb was I? No, uh, the, with the intention of like going back and looking at them and say, look, what did I learn? What, what was, what, what did I uh, accumulate the knowledge and the experience that I had while I was there at school? But I, I thought they might be useful to me. But in, in reality, I've, I've done nothing with them. Like, when I, when I was still living with my parents, I just set, collected dust in a container on the top shelf of my closet. And then when I moved into to my own place, they uh, moved to the garage. And I, I'm sure that if I don't have the heart to get rid of them, if I ever move again, they will just end up collecting dust in some attic or closet or something. And the thing about it is, is that I had the intention of using them. I had the full intention of going back and thinking that one day I'll remember something and I'm like, oh, you know what? I wrote about that. I wrote that down. I remember I had a class about that. And go back to the notes and say, oh, yes, this is such such an inspiration. This is so good. But 
I had a good intention, but it just ended up being something that collected dust. And that's just like this series, uh, what we've been talking about. If we have no intention of actually living out a a desire to get closer to God, uh, living out a a better prayer life, living out a better fasting life, living out uh, more for us to be able to draw ourselves closer to God, to be able to get past distractions in our lives, we can talk a good game but never really do anything. Just like a lot of politicians. (laughs) Or anybody, really. We sometimes it, it can be just us with our friends. You ever make plans with your friends and then never do them? You're like, yeah, we've got to hang out. We've got to go get coffee. We've got to get lunch sometime. And then it never happens. You know, we make that goal of trying to make an effort. We have good intentions and we want to make an effort to do it. But in reality, we're not really doing anything. We're just spouting words and to, to seem nice or to seem like we're good people. But if we do nothing with it, then there is no point to it. If we want to truly focus on God, we need to be able to put these practices into action. We need to be able to live it out. And today, my, my message is, uh, my intention today is to give you some, some, some good advice, some biblical sound advice to be able to take all of this that we've been talking about and put it into practice in your life. Because I can say the same thing. I can say, you know, you should do it and then tell you nothing. And I'll be like, good luck. Try and figure it out on your own. And, and I think that's uh, what we, in, we, we expect from church sometimes or what we expect from God. We expect God to tell us, figure it out on your own. But that's not what God does. In fact, he leaves us with a strategy. He leaves us with uh, advice and, 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 and the, his word to be able to live out the calling that he has placed on our lives. So I have a a few things that I want to share with you today to be able to tell you that it's easier than you think, there is a way to get about it better, and that you don't have to do it by yourself. And how do we get through it, especially in times when God seems silent? When God seems silent. So I'm going to start with telling you, this is going to take a daily routine. It's going to take daily practice. It's going to take something that, it's something that you do every day. The Apostle Paul wrote that I carry my cross daily. I pick up my cross every single day. This is not something that you can just expect overnight or today. You decide tomorrow I am going to be praying every day for the rest of my life from now on. And it's going to happen. That's not how it works. You have to form habits. If you've never done it before, it's not going to be an easy thing. Uh, many of us that might be like, well, you know, tomorrow I'm going to start eating healthy and then you go out and eat pizza. You know, tomorrow, uh, starting tomorrow, I'm going to go to the gym uh, five, six days a week and you've never done that before. That's not going to be accomplished in your life because you have not put it into practice. See, the way our mind works, and I've talked a little bit about this in this series before, but the way our mind works is the more we do something, our brain creates neural pathways that, that, that form habits. That's why it's hard for us to break habits, because our brain is literally wired that way. You know, well, I, you know, I, I want to get rid of my bad habits, and it's so hard, and I want to form good habits, and, 
And we wonder why we struggle with it, but it's because our brain is designed to create these pathways in our brain. Brand new things. If you've never done it before and you do it just one time and expect that it's going to happen time after time for the rest of your life, it's not. It's not just going to ha- it's not going to just happen. You have to work at it. You have to create a habit. And that takes practice. I want to look at a passage in Leviticus chapter 6 verse 18 to 13. I know a lot of people might you might be thinking Leviticus like nobody reads out of Leviticus. Yeah, I know. It, it can be a weird book. But there is a passage that I've always loved. Uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Leviticus chapter 6, 13. And it says, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. And it's such a simple verse. But when you look at the context of what is happening here, and it, to, to give you the context, uh, God is giving Moses instructions on how the priests are to carry out sacrifices. And in the Old, Old Testament days, they carried out sacrifices, animal sacrifices, to be able to cover for their sin. And Jesus came in and took the place of all of that and took sin. But in these days, this is the way they did it. And Leviticus chapter 6, 8 to 13 gives us an idea of how much or how often, how important what it was for this to be done daily and regularly. And so it says, the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he has to take off these clothes and put on others and he carries the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning continuously. It must not go out. Now, I know these passages of the Bible might seem like the the boring ones. It's like, well, it's just a bunch of rules and regulations, and these are for the priests, and I'm not a priest. So what, what, what point does this have to offer me? What does this have to offer me in my life today? And I've always liked this passage because it, it does seem so mundane. It says, tell the priests every morning, do this. And then they got to change, and then they got to do it in the afternoon. And then at night, they got to do it, uh, the same thing. And then every morning, they have to add new firewood. And when the fire burns low, they have to add new firewood. And when, when this happens, it, it's, a, it's this regular routine that the priests were given to do to be able to make sure that the fire that was on the altar kept burning. And this fire was a fire that, was, uh, uh, that we see uh, several times that was lit by God himself. When they would perform the, the first sacrifice on the altar to dedicate it, it would, the Bible tells us that God would send fire from heaven to light this fire. And so they were now to continue the job of keeping the fire burning by adding to it daily. This was a daily routine that they were meant to continue as long as the altar was set up. Now, I know we don't like routine. In fact, we like... You know, typically we like to break out of our t- routine. You're like, oh, I don't like being in the same routine. Some of us like to say, consider ourselves spontaneous. Well, I'm spontaneous. You know, I just like to do whatever. 
truth is you just have no plan for anything. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do today, tomorrow, for the rest of my life. You know, and, and okay, I, I get it. You might, that, I can see the appeal in that. But there is power in having a routine that is regular to us. Even if you consider yourself uh, spontaneous, there are still things that you normally do on a normal routine. At least I hope. You know, you wake up in the morning. Uh, maybe you get coffee first, breakfast, whatever. But you, you brush your teeth. You clean yourself up. You get dressed. You, you know, there's, there's a routine that you follow. And if you go to work, you have a routine that you have to go through at work. Why? Because that's what sets the tone for your day. That's what makes you feel ready for the day. That, you know, some people like to take showers at night. Some people like to take showers in the morning. But it, it's all part of our routine. And we might think that routine is a bad thing. Our, our routine is a boring thing. But having a routine can be powerful if we remember why we're doing it and what it's for. When it comes to seeking after God, we need to be able to have a routine of prayer in our life. We need to be able to have a routine of fasting in our lives. Maybe you only fast once a year, but that's your routine for the year. You start off the year with fasting, and that's your routine. And that's good. That's, that's great. I'm not telling you you have to fast every month of the year. Or, or some people are like, well, you know, we need to always be fasting. I, I, know, I knew some people that they would be fast. They would fast like, oh, I fast, fast once a week. Well, good for you. I can't do that. You know, I am not as spiritual as you or whatever. But my routine for fasting is to fast at the beginning of every year. And I have found that that works for me. There are times when I'm going through difficult seasons in my life that I might throw something else in. Be spontaneous. Let's fast again. I don't know. But it's the routine that helps me get closer to God and helps me start the year off on the right foot. There's nothing wrong with it. We, we, but we see it as this boring thing. Ah, oh, well, I have to do this every day. This is regular uh, all the time. But it, it's critical. Because if we establish a good routine of prayer, of Bible reading, of, uh, of giving, of, of fasting in our lives, then we will have a good foundation on which to draw our relationship with God, uh, to, to better our relationship with God, to get closer to God. Because if we don't have these disciplines in our life, then we have a problem then we can call ourselves Christians, but we don't even talk to God. We only talk to God during lunch, <laughs> breakfast and dinner. Maybe breakfast, you know, maybe dinner, you know. We don't, we don't have it. We won't create it. It'll only be certain times or speculated times. I only talk to God when I go to church. That's some people's routine, but that's not what God desires of us. It's, if we want a closer relationship with God, we're going to have to integrate a daily routine of seeking after him. It has to be central to what we do. You know, you might not think, how, how, you, how, can, how can you actually do that? You know, but we, by creating a habit of it. And like I said, creating habits is hard. So I'm going to give you practical advice on how to create a habit. First of all, you have to be intentional. If you want to create good habits in your life, you have to be intentional. You have to know what you're doing. You can't just say, well, I want to be, you know, better. Well, that's so vague, you know. Uh, I remember reading one time in an article that said, how do you set goals for the year? Because some of you set goals and you're like, I want to, uh, I want to lose weight. And that's it. Like, that's your plan. Your plan is to lose weight. You have no idea how you're going to get there. You have no idea what you're going to do. You're like, I have a vague idea that I probably need to exercise. And that's about it. And that, that's how I was. And then I had a friend of mine come and step into my life. He says, oh, you know, you know, 
abs are made in the kitchen. And that's the reality. You have to start with what you eat. You have to make a plan. What are you going to eat? What are you going to do? You have to be intentional about it. You have to know where you're going. Otherwise, you're going to end up nowhere. You have to be intentional. So if you want to create a habit of prayer, be intentional about it. When am I going to pray? Where am I going to pray? Be specific. Where am I going to pray? How long am I going to pray? What am I going to do? Like, do I need to be in my room? Do I need to go to my living room? Do I need to find a place outside of my home to be able to do this? Where am I going to pray? When am I going to pray? Is it the morning? Am I a morning person? Are you a morning person? Congratulations. I'm not. I'm working on it. I've been trying to work on it, but like, I get up at 6.30, 6 or 6.30 every morning, and I don't get moving until like 8. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying. At least I'm waking up. But we have, to, we, we have to know, are you a morning person? Can you do it in the morning? Can you do it at night? Do you prefer to do things at night? Are there a time during your day where you have space for that? Make, this inten- make it intentional. You have to know what you want to do. Otherwise, like I said, you're just wandering around aimlessly. Another problem we have when, when creating habits is that we try to go big. We try to go big real fast, and then we get worn out by it. You're like, oh, you know, I'm going to pray every day for an hour. Can you do that, though? Like, can you really? Do you have the time in your schedule? I'm sure we have the time in our schedule. There's so many times. We have so much time sometimes that we don't know what to do with. And we think we don't have time, but that's because, like I said the last couple of weeks, there are some things that we need to cut out. Binging social media, other stuff, that we, like, think that this is so important to our lives, but it's not. But we have to think about it. We don't have to go big. Start small. If you have never had a regular habit of prayer in your life, don't say that you're going to go into it 30 minutes an hour every single day. Start with 10 minutes. Start with 10 minutes. Say, today, for 10 minutes. I'm going to pray. If 10 minutes is beyond your attention span, start with five. Start small in small increments and then build your way up. Because if you go big all the way in, then you're going to discourage yourself. You're going to get discouraged and you are going to feel like it's impossible. It's an impossible goal to reach. I can't do this. God didn't design me for prayer. No, he designed you for prayer. God designed you for seeking Him. God didn't, God didn't build me this way. No, He did. He created you to be in relationship with Him. But we have to put in effort. We have to put in effort. So don't, don't start big. Start small. The third thing uh, of how we be practical about it, how to create a habit, is set a goal for it. It's like, okay, I'm going to start with five minutes. And then if I... And we, we might get our, ahead of ourselves again and start big. We said for the whole year or for this long, uh, I'm going to do this. I have this plan, and it's going to be for the whole year. Start small. Start with your month. Start with your week. Set a goal for the week. So every day this week, I'm going to pray for five minutes. And then guess what? When you get to the next week and you've actually done that, you feel like you've actually gone somewhere. You've made progress. So set goals. How am I going to apply this to my life today? How am I going to apply this to my life this week, and then this month, and then this year? Go in stages. Otherwise, you're just going to fall apart again, like I said. It, 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 get, it gets too big. But the, one, one of the most number one thing about creating a habit is finding accountability. And this is why e-groups is so important. 
You need someone in your life to tell you, not, not to tell you what to do. <laughs> you know, we have plenty of people like that, our bosses and other people like that, and we're like, ah, I don't like being told what to do. No one does. Find someone who can keep you accountable. Find someone who is going to go on this journey with you. That's what the point of e-groups for, like my wife was saying, like the Jinsko was saying. We, we, we want you to be a part of e-groups because it's so important that we find community together where we build each other up, where we pray for each other, where we come together and say, hey guys, you know what? I've never done this before, but every day, you know, don't judge. Don't judge either. You know, it's like, I'm going to pray every day for five minutes a day for this month. And it's like, you know, you might be silent each other. Oh, five minutes? And when was the last time you prayed for five minutes? <laughs> like, don't judge. But that's the point of it. We, we want to encourage each other. We want to build each other up to be able to get to a point where our relationship is close with God. Our relationship with each other is so important. But you won't succeed in your goals if you don't find someone who's going along the journey with you. You won't. You won't. It's hard because it's hard to do. I, like the series, this series is based on a book that I'm writing, and I would never be able to make any progress if it, if it wasn't for Lajinska. <laughs> she is constantly sending me like tweets and, and stuff from Twitter that encourage me to do to to write to actually write, you know. Or when I feel discouraged because I haven't written, she sends me a tweet that says, you know, it's okay, and this and that, and that encourages me. And then she tells me, you know, she encourages me and pushes me forward and tells me, this is a a good thing you're working on, and you have a plan, and and when I feel discouraged about it, she lifts me up. You need people like that in your life, and that's what the point of e-groups is. That's what the point of maybe finding an accountability partner. It's like, you know what, I don't like telling my stuff to the whole group. Find someone. Find one person. test Ooh, check me there we go uh so anyway find yourself a steven <laughs> when your batteries are low <laughs> they come in to the rescue come on um so you got to find someone find someone to go on the journey with you because if you don't you're gonna struggle you're gonna struggle um but this is all good and well but what about times in our life when god is silent what do we do then because it happens. It's not uncommon. There was a period of time, if you, know, if you know anything about the history of the Bible, and if you don't, I want to give you a little lesson about the Bible today. The Bible was written uh, over 2,000 years ago, like over, over 2,000 years ago. And it was put together by various different people. The Old Testament had uh, several different authors, and the New Testament had several different authors. But between the period when the Old Testament was written and the New Testament was written was 400 years. No one wrote anything for 400 years. It almost seemed like God was silent for 400 years, so it happens. There are times in our lives, and I'm sure you might be struggling, maybe you're struggling with that time right now in your life. Maybe you've struggled with it before, and you've thought, God, what's going on here? Why am I not hearing from you? Why 
am I not? I, I, I don't know what's going on in my life. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Because I can't hear your voice. So what do I do? What do I do? First of all, God has called us to live out our faith and live out our life and live out our, our journey of seeking him and growing closer to him in perseverance. And we don't like perseverance because we like things to happen instantly. We like things to happen now. You know, you ever been trying to load a website or load Netflix or something and you get angry because it doesn't load in the next 10 seconds and it's like, why isn't this video playing? I want to watch my show. I got to watch. I don't know what your show is. Grey's Anatomy, Doctor Who. Uh, uh, Doctor Who is my show. Uh, I don't know what shows are out there. Uh, someone suggested to me recently, you. I have no idea what that's about. Um, but we are called to live in perseverance, but we don't like to wait. We don't like to be patient about things. We're not, the, our culture has wired us to be completely different from that. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8, Jesus tells us why or how to be persistent in this. How to be persistent. So he tells a story, and, and he's teaching his disciples uh, something. And so he decides, he's like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to be persevering, to persevere in prayer. To continue to seek, to continue to push forward, even when it doesn't seem like anything is working. And so Jesus says... Then he told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. He will see uh, where they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth. And so Jesus tells this story about praying and, and the importance of pushing in prayer to be able to keep seeking God about things. So sometimes we might have this idea that we're bothering God. Sometimes we, we might feel like, well, you know, God's not talking to me. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I, I, I don't know what's going on, but maybe he's just ignoring me or I, I don't know. What, what should I do? And Jesus says, keep praying. Keep praying. I don't know if you've had anyone like this judge in your life, or, or any, rather, anyone like the lady in your life, this woman in your life, who just keeps bothering you for something, keeps after you, keeps telling you, and you're just like, fine, 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 I'll do it. Because you, you just won't be quiet. I had someone like that when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> um, when I was in middle school, I was a... a I was weird. Uh, I mean, you might think I'm weird now. I don't know, you know, if you know me. But I was really weird. Like, when 6th and 7th grade, when I was at school, I would talk to nobody. 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I just, I would talk to nobody. I had, like, three friends by choice who I would speak to. And, the like, if people would talk to me, I'd ignore them. I'd fl I was mean. <laughs> I was weird and I was mean. I would just ignore them. And so 
when I was in band, I was also a nerd. When I was in band, and I was, I was, sit, I was sitting next to this guy who was always one chair ahead of me, and he would sit there and he would start talking to me. And he'd start making the most outlandish claims about the history of the world. <laughs> like nothing like conspiracy or anything like that. He'd just say th- random things like, you know, we li- there's Channel View High School in Channel View, Texas here in this area. And he would say, you know how Channel View got its name? Because someone said they have a nice view of the channel. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like he would just continue to say things like this over and over again. I would just try to ignore him and ignore him, ignore him. And finally, I just broke. I was like, fine, I'll talk to you. And I guess that's what he wanted because then he stopped telling me weird stuff and just actually started talking to me like a normal person. Like... But this is, I, that was his strategy, and he broke me down. And God is telling us to be like that, to, to bother him, because he is listening. He's not putting us off. He is doing things in his own time. God is not silent because he just hates you or something. He, he's not silent because he, you're, you're in sin or you're living in sin. God is silent because he is working on something that you don't see. He is working in the background in your life. He is working on people surrounding you. He is arranging things so that stuff can happen, so that miracles can happen. But silence doesn't mean that God is not listening to us. And silence doesn't mean that we should be sitting around doing nothing either. The woman in the story continued to persist. So she kept doing something. We are called to be able to work while we're waiting. If we're still waiting for God to to do something in our lives, or we're still waiting for God to answer in our lives, we still have things that we have been called to live out. You feel like, I'm not close to God. I I don't feel close to God, and I've been praying, and I'm trying to get the breakthrough. But there is still something that you can do. There is still something that you can live out. Because we all have a calling. We have a calling to, to, to make disciples. We have a calling to share the love of Jesus with people. We have a calling to serve. We have a calling to give. We have a calling to go. We have a calling on our lives to be able to, that we have the opportunity and the ability to continue living out. And when we do, and when we don't do it, when we, when we just sit around and wait for an answer, you know, when you, when you send that risky text message out and you're like, oh God, what are they going to say? I don't know. Did, did, I, did I say something dumb? Should I have asked that question? Should I have said that? It's even worse when it's like your question. It's like, oh, God. Are they going to listen? Are they going to do something? And you just kind of sit there and do nothing. Just waiting. In anxiety. And worry and fear. But that's what starts to build up if we do nothing while we wait for God. If we do nothing, our communication will break down between us and God. If we do nothing, we end up uh, ourselves closing ourselves off to God. If we do nothing, we show that we have no faith in what God has already promised us and what he has already told us to do. Well, God, I don't know what direction to go in my life. Isn't there something that we can still be doing, though? When we work, but on the opposite end, if we're waiting and God is silent and we're trying to figure out what to do, if we're still praying, if we're still sharing the gospel, if we're still working, if we're still doing what we've been called to do in our lives, we prepare the way for God to do something great. 
We prepare the way for God to answer us. We prepare the ground for the, 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 the harvest that's coming because we have faith that even if God isn't answering me right now, he's still listening. Even if God isn't working in what I can see, he must be doing something because he's not just ignoring me. If we just wait, we will end up in a place of brokenness. But if we push forward, like Jesus said, we're going to see the answer. We're going to see God move in our lives. We're going to see the Spirit pour out in our lives. We will see God when He is silent. But we have to remember to keep pushing forward. But what if you don't have the strength? Because it feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? You wake up on Monday morning, ugh, work. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do life today. I just want to stay in bed, pull the covers over, eat some junk food, and binge watch Netflix, Hulu, or whatever. You know, that's what I want to do today. And every once in a while, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But what do we do when we feel like we're drained and life just has us to a point where, where, where we can't anymore? And it doesn't feel like we can even push forward in prayer. There is a solution to that. Because a lot of times when we get to that point in our life, it's because we're trying on our own strength. We're pushing forward on our own strength instead of trying to rely on God for his strength. Yet, like I said, God is listening to us. So even if we feel worn out, if we call out to God and ask for strength, he'll hear us. So we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so central to our lives. And we are a church that believes that the Holy Spirit is still working and moving today. We, be, we believe that he is active in our lives. Acts 1.8 tells us, Jesus tells us that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you read that along with me, I know I got some of those out of order, but... Same point still stands. He is telling us that the Holy Spirit is there to empower us. When we feel like we can't be a good witness, he's there to empower us to do that. When we, can't, we feel like we can't just do today, he's there to empower us. He's there to give us strength. He's there to put, pick us up when we feel like we're on the ground. The Holy Spirit is here for us daily to listen to us. You know, I think we misunderstand that we have to do something special to earn the Holy Spirit. There's no kind of voodoo magic to do that, kind of that. There's no secret ritual that you need to follow to be able to find the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible tells us that when we come to Christ, when we make a decision to follow Jesus, that the Holy Spirit now lives in us and marks us. That we belong to Him now, that we belong to God now. So He's with us. He's here to empower us. Not only to empower us, but he, he reminds us that God is faithful. John 14, 26, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will remind you of what you have said to of what He said to us. The Holy Spirit is there to remember, remind us what God has done. When we're struggling, it's like, hey, remember this? Remember when you felt like no one cared and God showed you love? 
Remember when you felt like no one could save you, but then he pulled you out of the darkness? Remember that I told you that you can do all things through me, even when you're in, in the darkest times of your life? Remember that Jesus told you that he has come to serve and to love? Remember that he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. He brings us to the point where we can focus again on God. We can focus again on Jesus because the Holy Spirit is here to draw us closer to himself. To draw us closer to Jesus. So when we're in a place where we feel like we can't move forward, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on him. He is the one that will bring us to a place that is better That place is into his presence. That place is into relationship with him. That place is a place where we can be glad to wake up to and say that, yes, right now, right here, this, this is where I need to be. This is where you were created to be. Would you stand with me this afternoon? It's not evening yet. Today, my encouragement for you is to remember that even when it feels difficult or even when it feels confusing or, or, or hard to be in a place where I, I want to do all this, but I can't. I just don't know where to start. That Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here to give you the first steps that you need to take. That you don't have to do it alone. That he has given you himself, which is the greatest gift of all. To empower you, to love you, to take care of you, to pick you up when you fall. He has given you all that he is. And he has given you the church to be able to stand with you in the journey that we take. He wants us to know that we can do it. We can live it out. We can live out this faith. We can live out, uh, 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 we can live out closer to Jesus. We can live out a relationship where we feel like we're close to God or we can talk to God. We can live it out. We can live out being a witness to those who need to hear the love of Jesus. To tell them the story of how he came to break all barriers down. To break down sin. To break down brokenness. To break down sickness. To to reach them. That's who he is. And that's the God that walks with us as we live out our faith, as we live out our calling, as we live in the middle of doubts. That is the God who is here with us and wants you to know that he is here for you too. I want to pray for you today that you would be able to find the strength in the power of the Holy Spirit to to draw closer to him today. And if you need prayer today, just be sure, again, you know, we're always here to pray for you. Lift up your hand, something. Let us know, and we will pray for you. Father God, we thank you for the time, for your word, for your presence, for your spirit, for your love, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would encourage us Remind us and help us to make the first step that we need to today to walk towards you. All that we've talked about, I pray that we, 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 we can silence distractions, God. 
I pray that we can break down barriers. I pray that we can break down hindrances, the things that stop us from getting to you, God, because nothing, nothing in this world is capable of stopping you. Nothing in this world is capable of keeping us from your love, God. Nothing in this world is going to keep us from your presence because you have have set it in motion, God. You have opened the holy place to all of us to experience your mercy, your grace, your power, your love, to experience who you are, God. So today, help us to draw nearer to you. Help us to live it out. Help us, Lord, because we need you more than we even know today. More than we even know today, God. Yes, Lord, yes. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. Have a blessed week.